Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. Of course, as always, you'll get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show. BlogTalkRadio.com slash PGAN. Also, you can listen to the show at Go4Radio.com. You can listen to it there. You can also listen to it at blogtalkradio.com slash pcat. Great show lined up for you today. Expect to be joined by Hall of Famer Willie Rove. We're going to get his thoughts on T.O. Tyrone's saying no to the Hall of Fame in terms of the, the, the induction ceremony. Also, get his thoughts. He's a big LeBron James fan. Get his thoughts on the NBA Finals, and also frame your games. Some of the big things he's doing there. Also, Rider University assistant basketball coach Marlon Gill would be joining us, and we're going to talk about the NBA Finals, and we're going to start with the NBA Finals. Three to nothing. Uh, no team has ever come back from 3-0. The only team to come back from 3-1 are these Cavaliers. But this is a whole totally different situation. First and foremost, Kyrie Irving was there for the Cavaliers. Secondly, Kevin Durant was not there for the Golden State Warriors. And that was the difference in game three. Steph Curry stunk to join up in game three. Klay Thompson stunk to join up in game three. But when you have a guy like Kevin Durant, and he's a guy that can get you 43 points, and that's what he got. But he's a guy that can get you 40 points, and he got 43 in game three. But he's a guy that can get you 40 points night in and night out and, and, and help you steal a basketball game. They stole that game. Steph Curry was three for 16. Klay Thompson, four for 11. So they were combined seven for 27. And you know what? Just thinking about this, if you remember back when the Cavaliers, the first time the Cavaliers in the Warriors met up, part one. Um, If you remember then, LeBron was the guy in that particular series. He had to be the guy because the Cavaliers were depleted. Kyrie Irving was hurt. Kevin Love was hurt. So the Cavaliers were a depleted basketball team, and they went in against the Golden State Warriors. But here was the difference. Here was the difference. They were ultimately able to take that game, take that series, I should say, to six games. So they're able to steal two wins from the Golden State Warriors in that particular series. That was the first time around. But here's the difference. Kevin Durant wasn't there. And Kevin Durant is a guy who just, he just tips this whole, all the scales in in favor of the Golden State Warriors. He just does. And he's that special. And anytime you're in a situation, you're the Golden State Warriors, 
Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are a combined seven for 27, and you still win. Again, if we look at the first time these two teams played, Kevin Durant wasn't there, and LeBron had a depleted team. If Steph Curry and Klay Thompson would have went seven for 27, they would have lost the first time around. But that's the luxury when you have a guy like Kevin Durant, you know, one of the purest scorers in this game. He just makes it look so easy sometimes, so effortless sometimes. And and the reality is I, I came into this season saying I can't see anybody beating a team that has Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green on the same roster in the same starting lineup. I couldn't see any team out there that could beat that. If it's healthy, I can't see any team out there beating that. Now, you could argue that the Houston Rockets may have done it if Chris Paul was healthy, but it's still hard to doubt these Golden State Warriors at the end of the day. Still hard to doubt them. And, you know, a big part of ability is availability. Chris Paul wasn't available. Steph, Clay, Kevin. Draymond, those those guys were available, and ultimately they won that series, and ultimately they're going to win this series. It's just a matter of when. We're going to bring in a guy now. Um, I remember tweeting, not tweeting, texting back and forth with this guy, and he told me the Cavaliers in seven. Well, in order for the Cavaliers to win this series, they're going to have to do it in seven. Let's bring him in now. Rider University assistant basketball coach Marlon Gill. Marlon. Paul, what's up, buddy? How are you? I'm doing good, man. But before we go any further, man, I just have a question for you. Sure. Uh, that that line that you just used about ability and availability, do you have that copywritten? Because that was marvelous, man. I, I was, I had to write that down and say, you know what? I need to say that to my guys. That I need to hold that line at some point, man. So. Uh, if you have it copywritten, man, I just want to give you your props on that before I start using it. I wish I could take credit for it, but I did hear it elsewhere. I don't know who said it, but I heard it elsewhere. <laughs> I would love to take credit for it. <laughs> but we look oh, at this man. series. We look at this series now. 3-0. No team has ever come back from 3-0. There's no way that the Cavaliers can come back from come back from a 3-0 deficit, is it? Oh, it, it's going to be tough. It, it's going it's damn near impossible. <laughs> uh, but you, you know what, man? If there are two guys, man, in the game of basketball that I would never go against, uh, one is this guy I grew up with, uh, Sean Punch. Is probably the greatest basketball player that I've ever played with, played against, or ever seen in person. Uh, that's a story for another day. And, uh, you know, the, the second guy is LeBron James, man. Um, what else can he do, you know, to get this team over the hump? Uh, you know, he, he's done everything that the team has asked of him, triple-doubles, 50-point games. At some point, man, you and he's not going to do this because it's not his, uh, you know, or or, or to, to point the finger at other guys. But 
you know, the rest of those guys got got to step up, man. It, it's it's plain and simple. Um, I, I thought Kevin Love started off game three great. Uh, you know, and I think I might have sent this to you in the text as well. I'd almost rather see him start inside as opposed to starting off the game shooting threes. I, I thought in game three, uh, Love like really got after the offensive glass and put backs and you know he was looking like the Kevin Love of Minnesota, but you know. He's been consistent, if you ask me, in this series. LeBron has been consistent. You know, the rest of those guys, not so much. So, I, I think the rest of those guys got, got to step it up. And if they can, you know, I'm never going to go against LeBron James. Man. Yeah, I don't know if they can. I mean, I don't, I don't know if they can. I mean, and to your point, Kevin Durant, not Kevin Durant, Kevin Love, has played well in this series. I mean, he's played well, but the reality is, you know, J.R. Smith, up and down. George Hill, up and down. Well, you know what? Let, 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 let me stop you right there, man. J.R. Smith, up and down? No. How about he's just been down? <laughs> uh, and and I, I'm sorry, man. Like, I, I didn't want to say it because I didn't want to mess up my jersey recruiting ties, but he's been awful. He stinks. I'm sorry. There's no other way – to put it, if you watch, the Warriors literally pick on him every possession. Those, those slip screens that they score, easy baskets on, he's in the vicinity somewhere. I'm like, Come on, man. If, if you don't know what they're doing by now, something's wrong with you. <laughs> well, based off of what we saw in game one with about four seconds to go, I think you could make a legitimate argument that something could exact could something could be wrong with Jr. I mean, he's just. I mean, time, situation, score. You have to know those things down the stretch in that particular situation. It's just an excuse. But I know it happens. I mean, I know it happened to Derek Harper many moons ago, but it didn't happen in the NBA Finals. That was a playoff game actually with Derek Harper, but it didn't happen in the NBA Finals. I mean, it's just. It's inexcusable. But let me ask you this. Is it possible, you know, because you look at that, you're a coach, and, and you look at that footage of LeBron James when he asked Ty Lue about the timeout situation. Is that on the coaches? I mean, should the players know that, you know, whether or not you have a timeout, whether or not the team has a timeout? Well, I'll say this. In, in that particular play, that's such a bang-bang play. It's what we call a bang-bang play. Everything's moving so fast that I don't necessarily know if you call a timeout there. And, and to be honest, I'm going to blame that on JR because we're taught from the early stages of playing a game, if you have a ball that close to the basket, you go up with it. You know, I, I look back at my days playing in New York. You know, if, if that would have been me at as a 14, 15, 16-year-old kid and I'm playing against the the guy that we would call vet, the only way for you to get better was if you had a chance to play with the vet. And you didn't score that to give your team the win, the vets weren't going to ever pick you again. You had to earn your stripes to try and get back on the court with you. So you have to go up and score. I, I, I don't necessarily think you call a timeout there. He, he was two feet away from the basket. And, and for you not to know 
what the score was, like that's inexcusable to me. I, I don't know if I could blame if if I would give my guys the uh the excuse of using that. Um it, it that's unacceptable. Uh you're a professional, you have you have to know these things, man. Brain farts like that shouldn't happen when you're getting X amount of dollars to play the game of basketball. And it's a game you've been playing 20-plus years. Just doesn't happen. That shouldn't happen. Yeah, and I mean, and the reality of the situation is it is you didn't have much margin for error against the Golden State Warriors. And for you to make those type of mistakes, it's just inexcusable. And at the end of the day, it, it may have cost your team a series. I was just thinking about this. And game one, to me, reminded me of game one in terms of the Sixers-Lakers back in 2000. Allen Iverson scored 48 points. You know, the, the Sixers were up throughout the course of that game. The Lakers were ultimate, Lakers ultimately closed it out, you know, took the lead at one point. Philly got it back, got the game into overtime. Iverson took over, ultimately won the game. But it, it just reminded me of that particular game from the standpoint LeBron had 51. He was extra special. Iverson was extra special in that, in that game. And I think that was their game to win. The Sixers won that game, and they never won another game in that particular series. I could easily have seen a scenario where Cleveland wins that game and doesn't win another game in this series. It just reminds me that from that standpoint, because, again, both players had amazing games, and both players had to be extra special for their teams to win those particular games and to win that particular series. Your thoughts on that? Now, you know what? I, 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 I'll, I'll say this, and, and you, you know, brought up a good point comparing uh, game one to, I think that was the 0-1 finals, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, was 0-1. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll show my. I'll show my age a little bit. I was a senior in high school during that time, but I remember it very, very vividly. But uh, I'll say this, and this is no knock on today's game. Today's game is better than it was in 2001. I think it's better than it was, you know, when uh, we were coming up watching, you know, the 80s, 90s. I mean, in your case, 70s, uh, you know. But I'll say this. Philadelphia had a lot smarter players and guys that weren't afraid of the moment. It, it was That's almost true. guys that had a chip on their shoulder to prove something. You know, you, you look at Eric Snow, a, a guy that had to work to get to where he was at that point in time to make the Sixers. And Aaron McKee, you know, representing Philly at the time to say, you know what, we're on this stage. We haven't been on this stage since the 80s. I know what this means to the city, uh, you know, Dikembe Mutombo, Rodney Buford, Jermaine Jones, all guys that had points to prove to make it to the NBA. And I think on the Cavaliers, you don't necessarily have that. You know, you you have LeBron who's worked for everything that he's gotten, and rightfully so. Uh, Kevin Love somewhat. But then I look at J.R. Smith, it's not necessarily – that hasn't necessarily been the case for him. You know, he was anointed out of high school, uh, supposed to go to North Carolina, doesn't do that, goes straight to the NBA. And, you know, he's kind of been catered to. 
Tristan Thompson, the same thing, kind of been catered to, you know, uh, and some some of these other guys the same way. Even Rodney Hood, as far as great as he played in game three, the only thing I can really remember about Rodney Hood right now are his comments of watching his YouTube clips to remember that he played in Utah this year. Are you kidding me? Like That's a, a, a defeated mindset. So, you know, I think that's while the scenarios are the same, the difference is, is that those guys on the Sixers had a point to prove, and they did that that particular night. They did. They did. And it was a great night. Unfortunately, that was the last great <laughs> night for the Philadelphia 76ers in that series. And in, in that but season, you guys are matter. back now. You're back. <laughs> Sixes are back now, man. For I sure, think, for uh, sure. Shout out to Brian Colangelo, man. But hey, it, have you called David Griffin yet, or no? Uh, I would like to be on the phone with him. I would love to be on the phone. Uh, with him. I, I, I'll send you the number as soon as we hang up. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to Ryan University assistant basketball coach Marlon Gill. So let me ask you this: obviously. That that elephant in the room is LeBron James and his future with the Cavaliers. Obviously, he's going to be a free agent. Obviously, he's got a decision to make. I personally believe the right decision for him, as much as I would love for him to go to Philadelphia, I think he should stay in Cleveland. But, but if he doesn't want to stay in Cleveland, there is a team in Philadelphia, cap space, two young stars, major market, you stay in the Eastern Conference. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, it's just a great situation. So let me ask you that. Does LeBron go back to Cleveland next year, in your opinion? So are we just going to discredit my Knicks here? Uh, Have you not seen my (laughs) hashtag on on Twitter? In Fisdale, we trust. Uh, (laughs) I would would agree. I, I would like for him to stay. In Cleveland, uh, if he doesn't, I, I get it uh, because, you know, I, I don't want to just be the guy bashing these guys on, on your show. It, it It's frustrating watching J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson. I can only imagine what it's like to be playing with them right now. <laughs> and and that, that's not to take anything away from those guys. You know, J.R. Smith, when he's hot, you know, we know what he's capable of doing. Uh, Tristan Smith for uh, Tristan Smith, excuse me, Tristan Thompson for the the money that he's making to not have an offensive game with his athleticism and, and the burst of energy that he brings. That's nothing that's inexcusable to me. Uh, you know, they, they throw him the ball in the post. There are a lot of times all he has to do is turn around and finish. He has to take a power dribble with everything and. You know, I, I know he, he's come from great coaches, uh, being in Canada, being in high school uh, in Jersey, playing for Danny Hurley, who I think is a great coach, uh, playing at Texas for, for uh, Rick Barnes, who I think is a great coach, and, and even in NBA, you, you know. So it, it, it's tough, you know, for LeBron. And, and the thing that I admire about him, he doesn't throw anybody under the bus. And in today's game, man, that, that's so key and so vital. Uh, you know, if 
if it were me, I mean, hell, I'm throwing them under the bus right now, and, and I don't even have any ties to the Cavaliers. But, you know, if I'm LeBron, I, I stay in Cleveland uh, and, and finish this thing out. I, I mean, you look at back in the day, man, guys didn't leave for free agency to different teams. You left if you were traded. Uh, and, and granted, you know, the game has changed, the landscape of everything has changed, but, you know, growing up, we were always taught you, you finish what you start. And, and, you know, he started this thing in Cleveland back in 03. I, I would love to see him finish it there. Uh, if he doesn't, you know, come on down to New York. We'll be happy. Uh, and, and I'll say this, uh, being that I'm on your show, I'm starting to become a Philadelphia 76ers fan. I like a lot of the things that, that they're doing down there at the uh, Xfinity Center, man. Um, but back to your question, let's stay in Cleveland, LeBron. Come on, man. The NBA needs it. For sure. Now, now, you know, just, you know, just so we're clear, and if you want to cross over to the 76ers, it's actually the Wells Fargo Center. So, you know, if you want to cross on over, uh, you know, <laughs> we got to get that part right. <laughs> I, I I should know that, right? I, I've been to a lot of Sixers games. With I, I should know that. I, and you know what? I was about to say Comcast Center, and then you really would have killed me. <laughs> You're talking to Ryder University assistant basketball coach Marlon Gilden. And back to the Sixers for a moment. The key is, even if they don't get LeBron, the key is Markel Fultz. And I hope. I, I think he's still. I think he has the goods. But, you know, we, we got to all cross our fingers at this point because we didn't see much last year. But I think he has it. We'll see what happens moving forward. But I want to ask you this. We know the Houston Rockets had this Warriors team on the ropes, up 3-2. Unfortunately for the Houston Rockets, Chris Paul was not available in game six or seven. We can all speculate whether or not the Rockets would have won if Chris Paul was there. If, it looked really good for the Houston Rockets. But we look at this Warriors team. If this team is healthy, I still don't see many teams beating this team in a seven-game series. Are the Warriors at this point darn near unbeatable in a seven-game series? No, I, I don't think so. Uh, I, I think that they can be beat. I think Houston proved that. And I honestly believe if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt. They they win it in six, not even seven. Um, you know, just an un- unfortunate uh, incident that that he pulls his hamstring with you know less than a minute to go in, in the game, and you know it, it really changes the tide of that series. Uh, I, I think what we saw from the Warriors this past year, things weren't as easy for them as they thought it would be. Um, and a lot of times, you know, we had this thing called the basketball gods. And if you mess with them a little bit, they, they can bite you. So, you know, there were a couple of times that the Warriors should have been bit this year. And, and they did, but they put the right Band-Aid on it and uh, <laughs> were able to cover some things up. Uh, but I think moving forward, I think you see the formula uh, that it takes to beat them now. Granted, a lot of things have to go right, but I think uh, – Attacking Steph Curry uh, is important. Um, I, I think uh, go, going at Draymond a, a little bit is is important. He'll tell you that he's under control. 
you know, with his mental and controlling his emotions during the course of a game. I, I don't believe that personally. Uh, and, and then, you know what? I, I still think uh, not having Andre Iguodala is big because he's a guy that can be vocal uh, and get guys to where they need to be on the court and uh, defensive schemes and, and things of that nature. Uh, and, and what really hasn't panned out for the Warriors is, you know, that that five spot. You know, I, I know they play four out, sometimes five out, but on a defensive end, they don't have a rim protector. And, and I think you've seen that even in, in this Cavalier series that uh, you can get into the paint pretty easy on them. Uh, you know, th- their rotations aren't necessarily clicking fr- from time to time, but a lot of teams settle for the outside three, and I know that that's how the game's moving, three-point shot. But if you attack them on the inside, I think they're very vulnerable. Yeah, and 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 then to your point, I, I just feel like it, it's tough. I mean, because I feel like this – I know Houston was playing well, but a closeout game is a totally different animal, and this Golden State Warriors team is a tough basketball team. I don't know. I mean yeah. – it's tough. It's tough to say, but I just feel like at this point, moving forward, if they if they can keep this thing together and guys can stay healthy, they're tough to beat. They're, as we've seen, they're just tough to beat. And and moving forward, you wonder who's going to be that team that's going to be able to dethrone the Warriors. Is it Houston? I mean, they have a decision to make with Chris Paul. I mean, do you max out Chris Paul? You know, 33, I think he's 33 years old at this point. Do you max him out? I mean, that's a difficult question. And I think that's a, they're going to have, they're going to have a difficult answer because I feel like (laughs) Chris Paul broke down. And can you trust that Chris Paul won't break down again? A tough question. I I, I, I agree. I, I definitely agree with you. Uh, but now, if you can get a LeBron James, it's all the speculation. If you can get a LeBron James, if you can get a Carmelo Anthony, shout out to Melo, does that change things for you? It does. It definitely does. But let me ask you and, this. And I'll, say, I'll say this. Don't, don't mean to cut you off. I'll, I'll say this. The biggest key for the Rockets will be Trevor Ariza. Can they keep Trevor Ariza? More so than Chris Paul. Or, or just as important? Uh, just, just as important because I, I think Trevor Ariza can go out and guard the other team's best player. It just so happens Golden State has three. I'm not going to count Draymond. <laughs> Golden State has three guys. So that, that's going to that's gonna be an issue. And, and I probably just hurt my Michigan ties right there just coming at Draymond. But <laughs> I, I'm on a roll today, man, so why not? <laughs> Let me ask you about Draymond Green. Let me just before we get out of here. I, I had this conversation with somebody else about Draymond Green. Draymond Green is a nice player. But I wonder what would Draymond Green be if he wasn't around Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson? What would Draymond Green be? What kind of numbers would he have? I mean, to me, Draymond Green is a very, very good role player, almost a, a great role player. But I think if you put him elsewhere, his jumper is really not that great. 
I mean, if you put him elsewhere, I think you would expose some of the, you know, deficiencies in this game. He's kind of a tweener in some respect. I mean, I, I just – Draymond Green is just – I wonder what he would be elsewhere. I, I'll tell you what he'd be, Xavier McDaniel. Okay. No, nobody would really know him, <laughs> and and that and that's no knock on him, no no knock on, on his game, you know. But besides myself, you and maybe four of your millions, thousands of listeners, nobody knows who Xavier <laughs> McDaniel is. The only thing we know about Xavier McDaniel. Are, are the fake tough videos we see on YouTube? Face to face. Who's that? Face to face with Jordan. Face to face with Jordan did nothing. But let, let's not forget my guy, what Oak did to him, that made Xavier McDaniel sign with the Knicks the year after. Shout out to Oak, by the way. <laughs> Hopefully, Oak will I'm, go I'm back to the Oak Garden fan. at some point, sometime. Yeah, we we need Oak back. Come on back, Oak. We we need you, man. Hell, I, I wish he could play now. <laughs> Oak's in decent shape. Oak's in decent shape. But um, you know, run up on run up on Oak if you want to. I'm a pass. I'm a pass. Pass on that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mess with Oak. Don't let the salt and pepper hair fool you. Exactly. Exactly. You like somebody's grandpa, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're you're out and about, you know, get your recruiting on. Everything going well on that end for you guys? Everything's going great, man. Uh, you know, I, obviously we, we had a great year. Uh didn't end the way we wanted it to. Uh but you know, off the court, man, we we had a, a great year. We had uh, eight guys finish with a 3.0 GPA or higher, uh, four more with a 2.9 or, or higher, and uh, you know, taking legit classes. You know, and that that's not an easy thing to do, man. Uh, student athletes at at the collegiate level, they go through a lot. You know, I, I know everybody sees the you know the gear that they get, the travel that that they have and, and you know the places that they go to play but it, it, it's not easy to uh balance both uh academics and, and athletics man so you know i, I was really proud of, of of our guys the way they handled themselves in the classroom uh this semester uh they're currently on campus right now for a couple more weeks uh for summer school and then uh after that man i'm, I'm like that parent that uh as your kid in elementary school, once the end of June comes, you ship them off to your grandparents for uh, the summer. <laughs> um, I, I'm ready for these guys to go home. Uh, a couple of them will be playing in uh, some tournaments overseas uh, just to get some more experience. But um, as soon as they go home, man, I, I'm going on vacation, man. I'm I'm tired. It's been a long 18 months, man. It's been a, a great ride these, uh, this past year, but it's been – it's tiresome, man. So, you, you know, looking forward to a little vacation time and then we'll get right back to this thing uh, the second week of July with the recruiting period. Sounds good, man. Appreciate the time. As always, man, th thanks for having me. Go Sixers. And Fisdale, we trust.
<laughs> Take care. All right, enough. So we look at the NBA Finals tonight, game number four. The series is pretty much over. Let's be honest and let's be clear about that. But I like basketball, so I hope I can get some more basketball. Uh, so I hope Cleveland wins tonight, but we'll see what happens. We're going to bring in a guy now, root for the Cavaliers, big LeBron James fan, Hall of Famer Willie Rowe. Willie. How's it going, Paul? Doing well. You? We're good. You know, it's been a tough series. Um, the Cavs were lucky to get to the finals. LeBron played, been playing great. This is one of his best playoffs, but um, – you know, for those guys to shoot like they shot in the game, the Splash Brothers and 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 Kevin Durant, you know, having the type of game he have, I I just don't understand Paul why they didn't double him. Uh, he's shooting no. I don't know why George Hill is trying to guard him. Uh, I just, you know, um, LeBron's got to go somewhere, Paul, and team up with the guys. Maybe Kawhi, Paul George. He's got to team up with two or three top 20 players, like Kevin Durant did, and then let's have an even playing field where where, 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 where LeBron's got guys that can do things and create their own shots and do the things. Another thing, Paul, they never should have let Dwayne Wade go. I don't know in that trade what they traded Dwayne Wade for, but if they have Dwayne Wade, you see how great he played. He beat Philly one of them games. Dwayne Wade could have got him in shape, he he could have closed and, and made shots on his own, and they could have put Dwayne on Steph. But they shouldn't have let Dwayne Wade go. I think they gave him away, and and, and they weren't going to use him. I don't know what they did, but it didn't make that didn't make sense to me either. The other guys, okay, I understand, but Dwayne Wade should have been with the Cavs for the playoffs. Well, at the time he was traded, Cleveland, they were looking to kind of remake their team, and ultimately. They did make remake their team, but and it was enough to get to the NBA Finals. And at, at the end, I mean, maybe Dwayne Wade helps a little, but you know, oh, you saw what he did to Philly. He beat Philly himself one game in Philly. He, he did. He, did. he beat Philly in Philly. Nobody with LeBron was making shots. You're saying the way J.R. Smith has been playing, you put Dwayne Wade in the starting lineup, it's a totally different game. Dwayne Wade has that killer instinct. It's a totally different game. J.R. Smith has not even showed up until the last game. He didn't do anything one and two, games one and two. But I, I mean, I don't. Dwayne Wade helps, maybe, but it doesn't. Beat this Golden State Warriors team. They're just. I'm not saying they beat Golden State in the series. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they win game one. Game two, they, it was it was a decent game until they took control. Game two was back and forth in the third quarter. It, you know, but game one, I, they win with Dwayne Wade in the lineup. They win game one. Dwayne Wade can create his own shot. It takes pressure off LeBron. LeBron scored 51 points in game one. If he scores 50 with Dwayne Wade, it's going to give you at least 15 or 20 in game one. They win that game, Paul. You know they win that game. At the end of the day, is it, would, it have been a, would it have been enough to beat this Warriors team four times? I don't 
don't know if that's going to happen, and that's why LeBron's got to leave and go team up with a bunch with a, with a pair of top twenty players like Kevin Durant did. Get some role players, and let's see what happens next year. Well, go I, team I have... up with some role with, with two top twenty players like 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 Kevin Durant did after they won the ring. So LeBron go team up, get him some good role players, and, and let's see let's see what happens when LeBron's playing with 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 three or four of the top twenty thirty players in the league. Well, I That's have fair. Perfect... So let's make it a, have... let's make it a fair fight. I have a perfect team for him. There's a team. In Philadelphia, Ben Simmons. No, it's not going to work in Philly. They dominate the ball. It's not going to work in Philly. Philly, LeBron, Simmons can't shoot, and he dominates the ball. It it won't work in Philly. I think it can work. A guy like LeBron and I think a guy like Ben Simmons, they can make it work. I mean, LeBron doesn't have to be on the ball as much as he is in Cleveland with Ben Simmons there. I think it works. You got Ben Simmons, you got Joel Embiid, you got the number one pick in Markel Fultz, who I think when it's all said does is going to be a very good player. Okay, Philly, he, Paul, he didn't even play in the playoffs. They didn't even let the boy get off the bench. Well, you got – we coming into this draft, coming into the draft, the thought was that Jason Tatum was prepared – to contribute right away. That was the thought. And he contributed right away. Markel Fultz, he played played great. But Markel Fultz, in my opinion, Markel Fultz, in my opinion, you know, obviously he he had some struggles. He had the shoulder thing. Some speculate there were some other things going on as well. But, I mean, at the end of the day, the kid is talented. He has some talent. He has some talent. And it may not happen. It didn't happen this year, but I think it can happen next year and beyond. I mean, I, I, I am a Markel Fultz guy. I am still under the belief that he can be a, a decent player in, the, in this league. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it's definitely – I think Philly is the right place for LeBron. He stays in the Eastern Conference. It's a major market. He's playing with two stars, possibly three, and Markel Fultz if he can be – Come the guy who we think he could be. You're talking about a team that is ready, a 52-win team. You add LeBron to that, and you go up against those Golden State Warriors, you can beat the Warriors. Obviously, he can't beat the Warriors the way he's presently constructed, the way the Cavaliers are presently constructed. And I don't – I mean, this is a tough team to beat. This is a tough team to beat. I mean, you're talking about no, 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 no. I, no, no, no. I, 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 they are a tough team to beat. What I, what I see is uh, Steph Curry is a defensive liability. If he's not shooting the ball and having one of those outstanding shooting games, what is he really giving you out there? I mean, he's he, 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 he's got to go to the whole. Only, they only had 21, 10, 11 points. So he's not six seven like Clay Thompson. When Steph's having an off game, the problem is you got uh, you got you got you got Draymond who can make some threes, but you got Clay Thompson that can get hot in, in some games and is beating some teams. But I think with the right people around him, when you can put pressure on Durant, 
Somebody's got to be able to guard. You got to have somebody long that can guard Durant. And LeBron was not guarding Durant. They weren't doubling him. Somebody's got to slow Durant down. And he wasn't. And, and, and Stephen A. and them guys were talking about him out the game one. He still had twenty some points. But if Steph Curry's not going to be able to give you any shots off, you know, they should have. I mean, it, it, I mean, I don't understand it the way they. Kevin Durant just took over the game. McGee played great. Livingston's been playing great uh, this series. They weren't even letting McGee play last series. I don't even understand that. And they finally put number five out and put McGee in, and he's been changing everybody's shot around the rim. I hope he gets a decent contract after this year, too. But I do think, Paul, that if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George join him because Kawhi is a great defensive player. If Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and LeBron end up going to L.A., they trade some people, but they keep Kuzma off the bench. They keep ball. Uh, uh, they bring in some more role players. Uh, that's going to be an in- interesting scenario to see if he goes west, if he gets Paul George and, and, and Kawhi, who's from Riverside, to join that team. Well, it's, it's going to have to be a trade. Kawhi's under contract. I mean, or, you know, probably the better thing is if LeBron tries to find a way to go to San Antonio, team up with Kawhi there, and what they have in San Antonio and Pop, I mean, that might be the better scenario for LeBron. But, you know, at the end of the day, as much as I would love for him to come to Philly, I hope he stays in Cleveland. I hope he stays there. I hope he ends his career there. That's where he belongs, in my opinion. He belongs in Cleveland. Yeah, but he can't. He can't. Paul, he can't end his way his career in Cleveland if he's not gonna have the right players around him to compete for rings. I'm not trying to see LeBron going to the finals or competing in Cleveland just to pad his stats and add numbers. But they, but but they can't build a team around him that's gonna compete with championships. That's not what you want to see. He's going to eight straight fight, eight straight finals. So if he doesn't go to the finals, he's not going to be happy. And I don't want to see him in Cleveland playing forty minutes, Paul. He can't continue to play if he he can play four or five more years. He's got to cut his minutes back. He can't. That's what happened to Kobe. He can't play forty some minutes a game. He played more minutes than anybody. They're going to weigh him out if they do him. And when he, when that body falls apart, it's going to fall apart. He can't play all these minutes, and he's got to get somewhere where he's got other scores around him. So I don't want to see him stay in Cleveland just to play in in in, 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 in correct career numbers like Pujols is doing in in Anaheim or some of these great players, and just trying to become the all-time scorer, but you're not winning championships. LeBron's trying to win championships and not just pad his stats, his career numbers. He's already in the top two or three players all time. So he, he's already there. So the, 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 what's going to change is him putting some more championships in his belt because he's, what, he's gonna, about to be three and six. Uh, Paul, that's not good. That's not good. That's definitely not good. But, I mean, I think it's, if we if we look at LeBron's championships, we look at his finals appearances. The first time he made it with the Cavaliers, 2007, I believe. You know they were lucky to get there. You know they were happy to get there, and they and you know they ultimately got swept. This year, they were lucky to get there, happy to get there. Ultimately, they might get swept. We look at um, the first time they played the Warriors. Um, 
they were injured there too. You, Kevin uh, Love was hurt. Uh, Kyrie Irving was hurt as well. They lost that one as well. I mean, so you know, you could you could argue that three of those finals this year, 2007, the first time they played the Warriors, those three, you can you can take those out. We could argue that LeBron is 500 in the NBA Finals. I mean, so because <laughs> let's be honest, he had no shot to win those final series. No shot. He what had what no in, shot. What in, how's he going to stay in Cleveland then? If LeBron isn't competing for a championship, he can't stay in Cleveland. He's not going to just stay in Cleveland to make $80 million a year with endorsements of 90 or $100 million and just play the past tax. So you're telling me you want LeBron James as competitive as he is, and if it's you, Paul, would you going to stay in Cleveland and go and look over there and let Kevin Durant stay in, 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 in what's calling and end up with five, six, four, five rings and you getting beat every year? No, I'm not trying to do that. He's trying to win championships. I, I believe he belong, I believe he belongs in Cleveland. I hope he stays there. I really do, and I hope you know they can find a way to get some pieces around him so he can continue to compete for championships. It's it's fun to see a LeBron James. It's, I mean, greatness you don't get to see all the time, and when you see it, it, we should all appreciate it. And I definitely appreciate the greatness of LeBron James. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rose. So let me ask you this. Where do you see LeBron? Do you see LeBron as the greatest of all time, as some have said? I don't think he is. And I don't think he will be. I, I, all I, I have two categories. LeBron is the best all-around player of time. LeBron, Michael Jordan is the best scorer all time. So if you want to say all-around, doing rebounding, everything, because I was – Pippins from Arkansas, I'm a big Bulls fan. I was a Lakers fan growing up. LeBron James is the best all-around player that we've seen all around. Now, I'm not going to say particularly defensively. I'm not saying he's better than Jordan defensively. Jordan, in 1988, was a scoring leader, defensive player of the year, MVP of the league, led the league in scoring, so LeBron is not the best player to do it, and he's got six rings, never got beat. But all-around basketball player, you could say athletically, LeBron James might be the best all-around player to lace him up because he does it all. He fills the stat sheet up. He's he's in the top category for assists, uh, rebound points, all those categories, uh, uh, Paul. So all-around player, LeBron James is probably a better all-around player than Michael Jordan, but not the best ever. That's fair. That's fair. And and, and at the end of the day, to me, 6-0 and in the NBA Finals is just hard to beat. It's hard to beat that. 6-0 and without even going to a Game 7. I mean, it's just, that's just hard to fathom. And it's just hard to beat. It's tough to beat. It's impossible to beat. Competition. It was better teams, different teams. You had to you had to go through Utah. You had to go through uh, Phoenix one year. You had to go through uh, San Antonio. I mean, uh, 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 Seattle. You know, you had to go, had to go through different teams to get it done. Portland. And that was that was a good team. In, that was a great team in Seattle in '96. That was a great team in Phoenix in '93. I mean, those are some Utah. good teams, and those Jazz teams. Utah was a hell of a great. Yeah, yeah, all them guys they had, that was, that was a good. Malone, those were good teams. So, 
you know, it was a different league back then. LeBron started this because he teamed up and went to Miami with Bosch and Wade. And I think that LeBron is – these NBA players are talking. They know what's going on. LeBron is going to – whatever he does, uh, uh, Paul, if he can't do it in Cleveland and can't get guys to come team up with him, he's going to go elsewhere and do it. I don't see him staying in Cleveland to just become the greatest scorer and pad his stats and not being able to win rings. I see him going somewhere where he can compete with rings. Now, whether that's uh, Philly, they even said the scenario because Trey Rozier looks so good, uh, LeBron going to Boston and trading uh, uh, Kyrie Irving back to Cleveland. They even t- the, the people have talked about that, but but you know because uh, Rozier is so good. But either I see him going to the Lakers, or or or. Uh, I don't think Houston's a good fit either because James Harden dominates the ball. Philly's an option, but I, I see him maybe teaming up with some all-stars and, and going somewhere and playing, and he's going to have to get at least two two of the top 20 players right now in the league to team up with, to put some pieces around to compete with those guys. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rose. So, Willie, i got to ask you this. Going to football now. Terrell Willie, you're a Hall of Famer. You, you know, obviously went to the ceremony and everything. But you kind of like uh, Terrell Owens. You weren't a first ballot Hall of Famer. Many believe that you should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. But going back to T.O. for a moment. T.O. has decided, you know what, I'm not going to King. I'm going to do my own little thing during that ceremony, so on and so forth. Your thoughts on T.O. and his decision not to go to Canton and not to go to the ceremony, enshrinement ceremony? First of all, for, for you know, T.O.'s not, for people listening, T.O.'s a good person. Um, I was more disappointed that I didn't make the top 100 players all time than I was not getting in on the, on the first ball Hall of Famer. Because down, when his bus is enshrining there, in 20, 30 years from now, if you go in the Hall of Fame right now, uh, uh, Paul, if you see Lynn Swan's bus in there, you don't know what, what, what class Lynn Swan got inducted in the Hall of Fame. I think Lynn Swan waited over 10 years to go in the Hall of Fame. But my, po- my point being is, I was a two-time All-Decade player, tore my ACL meniscus. Uh, New Orleans almost got ran out the league. Nobody really wanted to touch me before I went to Kansas City. And I went to former All-Pro teams, and in my 13th year, I missed six games in and out the lineup, and I made All-Pro and was voted by a lot of people in Pitch Magazine the top player on the offense, most valuable player, in my last year playing. So Marshall Falk happened to be on that ballot, and Deion Sanders. And and, 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 and Ed Sable, uh, rest in his soul, you know, died, the big uh, video guy for the, for the NFL, yeah. uh, took a player spot. So, you know, you know things happen. And and, and and it's no I don't think if you look it up, Paul, there's any two time all decade player that hasn't been the first battle Hall of Famer. One shot was the first battle. Gary Zimmerman seven Pro Bowls. You know, no lineman has been tackled. Tackle. There's been a ten, eleven Pro Bowls, nine Pro Bowls plus has not gone in on the first ballot. So with that being said, uh uh T O 
has the numbers, but, you know, T.O. was a little bit of a headache where he went sometimes with different teams. He's 153 TD receptions. Randy Moss, 156. He's got more yards in his career than Randy Moss. And Randy Moss, uh, they talk about T.O. When he went to Oakland, Randy Moss wasn't the player he was when he got to New England, when he had those 22 touchdowns that one year. And, you know, Randy was a great player, but, but he had issues too off the field. But Randy Moss works for ESPN. Uh, we understand, everybody understands, you were in Philly, so you know T.O. was up there and had a, one, a great year when he played with that broken ankle. But T.O. caused some controversy everywhere he went. Was he a great player? Yes. Uh, if you go by the player, he should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. But they don't just go by a player when they elect you into the Hall. It's the other things that factor into this. And he's not hurting his family. My dad passed away in September last year, and I told somebody earlier today, my dad getting hurt at Michigan State and crossing that stage with me was one of the happiest moments in his life. And my family was there. And, and that's what he, unless he's having some big ceremony himself, his family not being a part of the pictures and, and being a part of that for the history, his children uh, being up there and being a part of that and seeing their dad on that stage with those great players and meeting those guys. and So even if he doesn't come this year, he needs to come be a part of the we're a family separate family, the NFL players are a family, we're a family, and he's a part of that family, and, and, and you need to cherish being able to come up there and be in, be amongst those guys. Tomorrow's not promised. Cortez Kennedy passed away. Two guys from my class have passed away, and Chris Doman has a brain tumor he's dealing with right now. So we don't know how Chris, Chris is going to do. So that's three guys out of my class. And I've been in, in, in the hall since, what, tw- five, six years. And two of my classmates have passed, Paul. So, uh, T.O. needs to understand life isn't promised tomorrow. And you need to, and, 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 and my point to this, Paul, I thought this would have been a chance for T.O. to come and remember him for being up there giving a great speech. And that would have been his last memory among people with him doing that and trying to correct some things that people might not have understood about him. And for him to do this is only going to add to people saying, why did we even put him in this this year? We should have made him keep waiting because he was going to pull this. And the, the writers are probably saying, Paul, uh, if I know he would have done this, I wouldn't have voted him in, voted him in this year. What, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, at the end of the day, a Hall of Famer is a Hall of Famer. And if he decides not to come, I, I think he should come. I think he should be there. Because I think it's a great stage and it's the perfect opportunity to kind of, you know, first of all, you got you got time to say a speech. So you can kind of clear up some of the, kind of like, you know, Michael Jordan got up on his Hall of Fame speech and, you know, he said a lot of different things and talked about a lot of different things and had a lot of different opinions. But I just, I feel like T.O. can have his moment. It's good for publicity. You know what I mean? It's good. For, I would think it would be good for his brand. So it could be good financially, I would think. 
I mean, I, and I just think it's just an opportunity for him to just talk about how he feels. And I think it's, I think he's missing out on that opportunity. I think he's missing out on that stage. I, I think he's kind of being a tad immature on some level because I feel like it's almost like if you, you guys are not going to take me when I want you to take me, I'm going to take my ball and go home. And, and I feel like it's, so I, I feel like it's a little immature on some level on T.O.'s part not to take part. You, you've seen that immaturity. Remember when he left in Philly was doing sit-ups in his driveway <laughs> and, and you got Paul, you know, he, uh, you know he's on the cover of Madden's Hall of Fame football game right now. So T.O., I think T.O.'s looking at this as a PR move where maybe he's throwing a special party for himself or he's connected because he's on the cover of that Madden Hall of Fame game that just came out. T.O., 2019, T.O.'s on the cover. So, you, look at, you know, T.O.'s done dance with the stars and different things. And so I, maybe maybe, maybe in, his, in his mind, him doing this is going to help market him more. Controversy selling. Everybody, everybody's talking about it right now. And everybody's going to talk about it leading up to the Hall of Fame. Is T.O. going to be there? Is he not going to be there? Is he going to be there? Is he not going to be there? So this is going to just, again, T.O. being T.O., he's going to be the center of what everybody talks about going up into the Hall of Fame ceremony. And this is what he wants, attention, and he's getting it. He's 44 years old. And, you know, at some point, you know, <laughs> whatever the issues are at the age of 44, you would hope that a person would try to get past them. And, and I'm saying, not saying, hey, we all got issues. I'm not saying T.O., it's a head case or anything like that. Some may make that argument. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say at the end of the day, he's too old to have this type of reaction to the Hall of Fame. You know, at the end of the day, there's always going to be people who are going to do, or what you perceive, people are going to do bad things to you, how you, whatever, how you perceive it. But it's going to happen. People are going to do things that you don't agree with. People are going to do things that might make you angry. People are going to do things that you just don't like. But at the end of the day, you just can't take your ball and run home. At, at some point, sometime, even though the writers may have had personal vendettas against T.O., even though the writers may have been wrong in terms of not, what, taking three years to, to, to put him into the Hall of Fame, you know, even though the writers were wrong in that respect, at the end of the day, forget all that. It's an opportunity for you to go into football heaven, as they say. And, you know, it's an opportunity for you to kind of clear the air if you want to do it that way. You know, you have that opportunity. You know, you have the platform. You have the stage. I think it's time for you to take advantage of it, clear some of the things that people, you know, some of the negative things that people may say about you or may feel about you. I think at the age of 44, you should be hopefully in that place where you can reflect and look at things and, and, you know, be mature about some things. Because I think at this point, his reaction to it is, is, is kind of immature. And, 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 and Paul, it's not about T.O. It's about all the people that helped him get where he's at. T.O. was barely recruited. T.O. went to a small school. He's from Alabama. He didn't go to Alabama. He went to some small school. I went to Louisiana Tech. I was barely recruited. Wasn't nobody thinking about Hall of Fame. I was thinking about getting a scholarship, leaving high school, football or basketball to get out the house. 
Then I just started developing. Then I get drafted in the first round. Pio didn't even go in the first round. Then, then you go to the NFL. Okay, I just want to play and have a good career and get, get have a good start. So Pio, to have the career he had and made the way he was able to accomplish, all the people, all the coaches, all the teachers, all the people that influenced him in that positive way, he's supposed to be up there to exonerate and say good things about them and let them get up and say hello and wave to the crowd and his family members and everybody else that helped him along that journey. Because T.O. wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame if it wasn't for a whole lot of people that helped him along the way. And that's the sad part about it. So let's let's take T.O. out the equation. It's not about Willie. It's about all the people that helped me and guide me and bring me along that helped you get to where you are to even say you're in the Hall of Fame. And guess what? Out of 100 years, 99 years of football, it's only 300 and some people in the Hall. A lot. Probably more, a part of them didn't even play football, the owners or whatever, and it's only 150 guys living. That's it. You're right. So, so I, this I, I, is a very select group. Go ahead. I didn't even think about it. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about it from that standpoint about everybody else. Everybody else that helped you get there. You know, everybody that, that, you know, was a big – your village, if you will. The village that helped you get to the NFL and the village that helped you to ultimately get to the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's an opportunity for you to thank those particular people. Now, he can have his own little affair, but it won't get the same type of coverage that the Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony gets. It, it won't get that same type of coverage. So you're, you're – I think this is ego. And I just think a part of your ego sometimes letting your ego get yeah, yeah, part of that ego. maturity. And I think T.O. unfortunately lacks maturity with this decision. This is an immature decision. This is a decision I would okay, expect but, a, a 30-year-old to make, a 21-year-old but, to make. But, you know, you, but this, this goes back, Paul, to T.O. making decisions where he went when he called out teammates and did certain things when he knew that that was going to maybe rub, rub him out of town or was going to create dissension in locker rooms where he played. There weren't mature decisions then. So our ego is a huge thing. And I'm going to tell you something. The owners, the coaches, the, 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 the people running the teams, it's egos galore in all those sports, Paul. Too much ego. And that's the problem. Too much. There's too much egos going around between the guy, the general managers. Look at the guy, Colangelo, that just got let out of Philly. How you got accounts where you talk about your own players? There's too much egos involved. There's too much money involved with sports, especially pro sports. I mean, these guys, college sports, these all these coaches and stuff. I mean, look, look at, look at some of the stuff they let let so many people get away with. I mean, look, right. look what happened in Penn State. Right. Look at what happened in Michigan State. I mean, somebody had to know some of that stuff was going on along the way, and it continued to go on because people let it get go away with it because they weren't looking at the big picture. And T.O. needs to look at the big picture of this, but I guess he won't because the Hall of Fame has to move on. We 
got to honor those guys that are going in and are going to be there. Like I said, if T.O. wants to come back and go in, he's gonna, he will if he wants to. If he not, I promise you this, they're not going to beg him to come back. They've already put out a press release saying that T.O. won't gonna be there and we're worried about the guys that are going to be here. So, you know, I mean, this is T.O. At this point, Paul, I don't think he won't, he will show up now because because him saying he's not going to come, <laughs> that did it all itself. It's done. I hope somebody gets in his ear, somebody close to him gets in his somebody ear, and, and, you know, let him kind of rethink this decision. You know, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you just put your – essentially you put your middle finger up at the Hall of Fame. And it's like, to me, you know what, if, it was, if it's like that, then, you know, why why'd you even ask him to consider you? You tell them, you know what, don't consider me for the Hall of Fame. I don't want to be in it. You know what I mean? I, I just feel like, you know what, if, if it's about that, if it's about being – and, again, they were wrong. They were def- – the Hall of – the voters were wrong for not putting T.O. in right away. But I get it, and, and I understand why they did what they did, but they weren't right. They were wrong. But at the end yeah, of the yeah. day, yeah. at the age of 44 – you got to understand that people will do wrong things to you, but it's the people that that kind of kind of like Michelle Obama. They go low, you always go high, and and I feel like T.O. is going low with those who went low against him. But he hasn't go, but he's went low on three or four different teams and got traded. Paul, this this has been going on for years. But what I'm saying to you is, it's it's not. It's, it's not it's not good, but, you know, he's a grown man, and we all make our bed, and we're going to have to lay in it. And um, it's just, uh, if you had told me that that was going to happen, this would ever happen, I would have not ever thought of something like this. But look at the NFL. The NFL keeps it interesting. Look at them. The owners and the the, the, the 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 stuff going on, and it's just um, it's just a different way of sports, and everything is so magnetized with social media and everything. It's it's just a different day and age, and um, I, I mean, I, I was now I will say this, Paul. He went and got his bus done. He went. He's gonna get his gold jacket. He's gonna get his ring. So he made sure he went and got his bus measured. If he didn't really want his his bus in there, he wouldn't have gone up there and let him measure his face and do all that stuff to make his bus. So they're still making his bus for the Hall of Fame. His bus is still going to be on that stage, and his bus is still going to be going in there with his class. So if T.O. really was serious and not really wanted to be in the Hall, he wouldn't have went and got measured for his bus, would he? He went and made sure that got mm-hmm. done and all that stuff got done and went and visited the Hall of Fame before he made this announcement. It might be just going back to your point, an attention grab. And again, I mean, I wonder when that party's going to be, whatever he's planning, whatever he's got in the works. I wonder when it's going to be. I wouldn't imagine it would be at the same time as the Hall of Fame going on. I think it would be, you know, if he wants more attention to it, he might want to do it the week before or the week after. But you, you you don't want to do it at the same time, obviously, because obviously most eyes and ears are going to be watching the Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony and not T.O. ceremony. But people might watch. 
because they might be interested. He could, he could try to do something with T.S. every morning. The, the same night of the Hall of Fame. That, that would be the, what he want to do, to take attention from the Hall of Fame. That, I mean, to make it about T.O. That most definitely would be interesting to see what he does. But I hope somebody can get in the T.O.'s head again and, and just, you know, help him to, to make the right decision. But at the end of the day, you're 44 years old. And at that age, you're a grown man. And unfortunately, grown men, grown men, when they make decisions, unfortunately, you have to live in it. And as you said, you make the bed. Unfortunately, sometimes you got to lie in it, even if it's uncomfortable. And that's the way it is with T.O. But maybe it's not uncomfortable for him. It's probably comfortable for him because he's going to do it his way. And on some level, you can respect that, a person doing it their way. But at the same time, you can... I don't necessarily respect it because at the end of the day, this is an immature decision. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rowe. So, Willie, you're doing big things. Frame your game. Frameyourgame.com. I mean, you got a lot of great things going on. Um, talk about some mm-hmm. of the great things going on with Frame Your Game. Well, the website's redone, so it's easy for fans to get in if they want to go to the website and um... – Order, uh, order, order stuff off the website. Uh, they can also customize the plates. It's big, or they can order. They can go to the Philly Philly helmet uh, and order their helmet and order their favorite player. A couple of those iconic players moments from the Super Bowl uh, inside the helmet and put it on their wall. Uh, we're also doing well. We, we NFL Shop is, is doing great for us and uh, Fanatics. You can go to fanatics.com and put in NFL uh, um, helmet license plate, or you can go to NFL shop and put in NFL, put your plate, Aaron Rodgers uh, or or Philadelphia uh, Eagles uh, uh, picture photo photo frame, and you'll get the picture of Nick Foles, another the quarterback on on the plates uh, from the Super Bowl. So uh, things are picking up real good, for, real good for us. And like I said, the fans go to FrameYourGame.com. We got a bunch of colleges on there too. They can check out uh, with the helmet or the hat. And uh, like I said, the, the, you can also the fans can customize their own plates with their with their picture from a moment that they have at the game or a different game, uh, and, and get that made in the place also. So things are picking up real good, Paul. We got some more. Good stuff coming in the fall, and I'll be back on with you again uh, to talk about it as things progress. We've got some stuff in the works, and uh, we have the place with the lithogram that's coming soon. Uh, if you go to the website, you'll see it come across the screen with the Eagles uh, plate with the Super Bowl champs on it. So a lot of fans will be interested when that comes out. They'll be able to get the, uh, the helmet with the Super Bowl champ on it to put in their main cage. And uh, I'll be coming back later on when when that's going to be available uh, coming here going into the fall. Sure. There's a lot of just, you know, looking at this website, there are a lot of man cave ready stuff, a lot of stuff that you could put your man cave, make your man cave nice and cozy, and also make your man cave, you know, have your team in there, you know, have your team hung up, your favorite player on that team. Or get it, Paul, and get it autographed. You can get the lithogram or you can get the plate with your player you want on it and get it autographed by your favorite player and put it up in there also. Yeah. So 
there's a lot of great man cave stuff on frameyourgame.com. Again, all 32 NFL teams. So if you got an NFL team, there's a place for you. You know, a lot of things on frameyourgame.com. You know, some colleges as well. You know, Auburn University, University of Alabama, Roll Tide. So there's some options there for you on this website, frameyourgame.com. Make sure you make your way over there again, frameyourgame.com. Also, you can go to fanatics.com where you can get it. Also, Amazon, where you can also get uh, some Frame Your Game. No, not, not Amazon. Uh, NFL Shop or Fanatics right now. Okay, so forget Amazon, NFLShop.com, Fanatics.com, FrameYourGame.com. One more time, Fanatics.com, NFL.com, FrameYourGame.com. Those are three places where you can get this product and set your man cave off, set your whip off with your car, you set your car off, set it all off, and, and rep your team, support your team, and put your team out there. Frameyourgame.com. Support it. Support it. Support it. So can't wait to see some of this new material coming out in the fall. You guys are going to be at the Hall of Fame, correct? We're going to be selling again at the Hall of Fame, Paul. So uh, uh, you need to be – Brian Dawkins is going in, great guy. So we want all the Philly fans to come. We're going to be selling product at the Hall of Fame. We'll have a booth at the uh, NFL uh, shop shop tents. So fans come in and get your helmet or get your Brian Dawkins uh, uh, picture and get get it autographed and put put it in your helmet and take it with you. Also, for any updates, fans, follow me at Willie, under, Willie uh, underscore Rolf at Instagram and Twitter. So they can keep up with uh, anything I have going on. They can follow me on social media at Willie underscore Rolf at Instagram and Twitter. So fans, again, hit this man up on Twitter at Willie underscore Rolf. Hit him up on Instagram, Willie underscore Rolf. And go to the website, frameyourgame.com, fanatics.com, also nflshop.com. And make sure you support all the great things going on with Hall of Famer Willie Rowe. Willie, absolute pleasure. Before we get out of here, Cavaliers win tonight.
in the next four or five years. So how about how about LeBron work out a deal where he can take get some ownership of the team? I think if I'm LeBron James, I'm walking in there saying, I need to I need to buy forty percent, forty five whatever percent of this team, or give me a deal where I know I can buy for a certain price right now, forty percent of this team, and and I own forty fifty percent of the team. And I think that was the problem with the Bulls. I think they should have – Michael Jordan should have never left Chicago and should have owned that team before he owned the Carolina uh, – the Charlotte Hornets. And I think the same for LeBron. I think as much as he's meant to that organization and that franchise, that he deserves a big portion of that team. What do you think about that? Well, I, I don't even – I'm not even sure if that's allowable. I don't think that's doable where you can own a team and play for it. I would think you would have to, I mean, it would have to be a, a future type of deal. You know, maybe even an under the table type of situation. I don't I don't think that's doable. Well, if Dan Gilbert wants to keep him, he ought to make it doable. It should be under the table. Well, you need to do something because LeBron James, we all know what happened when LeBron James left. We all know what happened when LeBron James returned. So that should be enough. For Well, obviously, Cleveland's going to do whatever they got to do. And, and to Cleveland's credit, they, they have spent the money. They have spent the money. But at the end of the day, you know, the Kyrie Irving situation didn't work out. Obviously, the trade for Isaiah Thomas didn't work out. And ultimately, at this point, I mean, you could say he, they're back in the NBA Finals, so the season's not a total loss. but at the end of the day, it's all about winning championships. And we'll see what LeBron James does, because obviously he's not going to win this series. So we'll see what he does in this offseason, and we'll see what the Cavaliers can do to keep him. I think he's gone, but I hope he stays. But we'll see what happens. Willie, we, man. We, we, Paul, will you be at the Hall of Fame for Brian Dawkins ceremony? Am I going to be there? Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Question mark. I'll let you know soon. Well, it, would be great. it would be great to see you there. Yeah, I would love to be there. Uh, we'll see what happens closer to the time. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Paul. Willie Rowe, absolute pleasure talking to him. You can listen to this show and other shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pgant, where you can listen to this show. Also, you can listen to past shows that go for radio.com for sports news for big-time opinions, for all those things, go to GoForRadio.com. Great article in there. We called it with Plaxico Burris uh, in Atlantic City. Plax talked about the, the Giants going to the Super Bowl. So make sure you go to the website, GoForRadio.com, to check out that story. Again, listen to this show and other shows, blogtalkradio.com slash began. GoForRadio.com. Again, support all the great things going on with this show. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See you later. Take care.